0: Hello, it's Johnny from Johnny's Book Reviews, a site to help us buy you guys to go read. So go read. I'm doing something different in this episode where I'm going to discuss in, an idea that I got from books and how I applied that to my life. And I'll do these episodes a couple of times through the year. And I think that's very important because reading shouldn't be just passive, Reading should be an active activity and you should be applying as much information that you get from books to your life. And that's the main point that I want to make through these episodes. So I want you guys to read, but not only that, I want you guys to apply the lessons that you learn from those books to your life. And how I developed a good detailed plan on how I'm going to pay off $124,000 in debt in five years, so I have one hundred eighteen thousand dollars in student loans, forty thousand dollars in undergrad loans, and then the rest for grad school loans. And then I have six thousand dollars in credit card debt, which gets me to one hundred twenty-four thousand dollars in debt. So I will discuss how I'm going to pay it off. I'll discuss how I got into that debt, and then before even we get into the discussion over debt and how I'm going to pay it off. I'm going to discuss four huge financial moves that I had to do before I went to this journey. And, and those are really important moves. So stay tuned for those. Those are huge financial moves that people with and without debt should definitely do. If You guys don't want to miss an episode. Definitely follow this podcast, turn on notifications. So you don't miss that. I will post an episode usually Friday or Saturday, But again, if you guys don't want to miss an episode, definitely turn on the notifications and follow this podcast. Also, give me a rating as it helps the show grow. And I really want a lot more people to discover this podcast, not only to help them read, but also to get them applying ideas from books to their life. So before we begin, let's talk about real estate. It's a really good passive income, but how do you get into real estate? You have to buy the property and deal with annoying tenants. Who wants that? Really? What if you could buy into a portfolio an account that buys the properties for you and handles the tenants? Is that such a thing? Yep. It's called a real estate index fund. I'll talk a little bit about that a little bit more later, too. But I use fundrise as this company is one of the better real estate index funds out there. You can start as little as five dollars. And if you use my referral link. You get $25. HTTPS slash slash Fundrise.com slash R slash O-P-R 3-Z-P. Again, it's Fundrise.com slash R slash O-P-R 3-Z-P. You'll get a $25. I'll get $25 as well. But the main point is that you're going to be setting up a real awesome real estate portfolio risk you don't have to worry about the tenants. You don't have to worry about buying the property. They have properties, commercial warehouses, and multi-million dollar apartment complexes. When you invest into this account, you're buying shares specifically into those buildings and those properties that they own. Now you specifically into one property, but once you buy or put money into the account, it diversifies the amount that you have into your account and diversifies it into all the properties that they own. So again, use my referral link, sign up, and get started with real estate today. Again, my referral link is fundrise.com, fundrise.com slash R-O-P-R-3-Z-P. Again, the referral link is opr 3 Z P R. Sign up. So let's get into this. So I wanted to do this for a while. Before we begin with my four financial moves, I had to do you have to kind of understand the misconception and miss over money. And this is what I had to do before I really embarked on this journey. This is like the first step. And kind of learning what they do, what they do with finances, etc. It's just crazy. Yeah, the, the biggest misconception. An idea that I thought for the longest time was, hey, people who are making this amount, people who are rich, they have expensive houses, expensive cars. You know, they look rich on the outside. And that's always what I thought. That definitely is not the case. Be able to afford those things. And I learned these through two powerful books. Millionaire Next Door by Thomas Stanley and Everyday Millionaire by Chris Hogan. The biggest one was uh, Everyday Millionaire by Chris Hogan. So Chris interviewed and had surveys from 10,000 people who had a net worth at or over a million dollars. And so some of the things that was from this book that I learned about was majority of the people he interviewed didn't make triple figures. The top professions were teachers and accountants. I actually read somewhere in an article, it was in these books, But I read an article of a janitor and this janitor, you know, a job that you wouldn't expect for a guy to have this amount of net worth, right? janitor doesn't get paid that much and you're like, oh, that guy's not rich. You know, he was big on finances and he knew that the stock market would probably be the biggest gain for him, which he was correct and it still is. I mean, stocks are pretty, pretty good investment to do for financial gain, as well as real estate. Yeah, stocks have performed really well over the last couple of years. But he invested in stocks. You know, he invested in General Electric, Coca-Cola, some other stocks as well. So I think it was early 1990s, late, or late 1990s. But when he passed away, people didn't realize that he had a net worth over $8 million. That's in like, what, early 1990s, late 1990s, a net worth of $8 million. The amount of money that he put into those stocks right now would probably be worth upwards to 20, maybe 30 million, maybe even more than that. Chris Hogan, you know, interviewed a lot of people and had a lot of surveys from people in the top professions that was talked about. And I was like, what? I was like, damn. Uh, it really does make sense. I know someone who's an accountant. They have a net worth of or at or above a million dollars, guaranteed. And the biggest thing is like they went out of school debt free. They built a house or has gained financially over the last couple of decades and will. And they've put money in a 401k. They still have 30 years to still work roughly. And that's just the money that they put in previously is going to compound for 30 years. And then also the money that they're putting in for those 30 years is going to compound. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Just learning from them, talking to them about it, it was just insane. I was just seeing everything from Chris Hogan's book and seeing what they do. Literally the same thing, the 401k accountant went out of school debt-free and just built their wealth over a period of time. And I was like, what? Uh, and then other, so, some of the other facts in the book was, you know, they didn't have or have any debt coming out of school. 71% of people, 7,100 used a 401k to gain wealth, which makes sense. You know, the biggest thing too is like with a 401k is an employee matches that. Some employees match to that. So that is just free money over a period of time. And then only 21%, 2,100 got an inheritance and only 16%, 1,600 had an inheritance over 100,000. A lot of people think that people who gain this wealth have an inheritance or like at all. And again, I've seen that firsthand with this uh, story from the accountant. They developed wealth over a period of time and they're at or above their net worth is a, over a million dollars. That's only one person in that family, not even counting the other person, the significant other. With their combined in that worth, it's well over probably a million dollars. Learning from that is just like, wow. And then seeing it from like a different perspective with people who don't do that, who are spenders like me and spenders like someone else and just learning from that, it's like, huh? You can see the stark difference. And you can kind of picture it and kind of look at it from what I read through these books, Millionaire Next Door, Everyday Millionaire, and you're like, what? And you kind of see it and you kind of can learn from that, start applying it to your life and start doing the opposite of what these people are doing, the spenders. For me, it's also the biggest thing too, is like you can gain, choose the host for the Financial Feminist Podcast. She wanted to and had a goal of getting $100,000 in her net worth in five years. that's where I got the idea of paying off my debt in five years. I was like, I could do that. $124,000. Let's do it. Let's go. And so I was like, yeah, I'm fired up. Let's do it. And um, Tori Dunlop did in five years. She was able to gain $100,000 in five years. Some of it was compound interest, but she was able to do that. And from there, she formed a website called 100K. Now that's her business. Now that business is a multimillionaire business. She doesn't even own real estate. That's the crazy thing. And she talks a lot about that on her podcast on financial feminists. So Definitely look at that. And for me, I I don't really like that. You know, I hate it. It's a burden. I want a God. So one of my professors in college was like, are you worried about debt? So he was talking about one of his friends who had almost like what, $200,000, $300,000 in student loan debt. He's like, shouldn't worry about debt. I was like, do you know how much money that minimum payment is per month for that debt? Probably around two dollars to $3,000 is a lot. Mine is 1,000 and I'll talk a little bit about that later. You know what I could do with $1,000 each month? That's $12,000. It's not including the other amount that i'm putting toward the debt again like i could save that like toward dunlop like i want to travel that amount for me would pay for that experience for me to travel go to europe go to fiji etc that's the craziest thing It's like to be honest with you like a one thousand dollar minimum debt payment on anything is so high it really is you can't do jack shit with that, and I think the point is I'm worried about it is because I can't do jack shit about it. Like, I literally can't. Like, if I have a $1,000 minimum payment on student loans, I'm including credit card debt, by the way, and that's not even including my other bills, specifically for Johnny's book reviews, and then also rent other things as well exactly like there's no real way or breathing room to spend on yourself or to even go like and spend it on vacations or whatnot and that is the biggest thing so the biggest thing is like why am i worried about that why am i worried about that because you can't do shit with it i'll be trapped with it i will not be able to have fun not be able to travel and go to places. As of right now, I can only go to a couple smaller places in the United States until I pay off my debt, or I'm going full blown flipping across the country, probably living in Ohio, we'll see, but I'm working toward that. I think that's the the reason I, why I don't really like that because you can't really do much with it. You're straddled. Again, going back full circle to the story, about the misconception about people that you think are rich straddling debt, living paycheck to paycheck and that's the biggest reason why is is because of the amount of debt that you owe that's the harsh truth and i'm i understand it all my money every month now or in the next couple months will be going toward debt just imagine if i didn't have that debt where would that money go for a rant on this more and more, repeat myself over and over again, let's begin with the four financial moves I did before I embarked on this journey. Number one is life insurance. This is so important. Life insurance is not for me. This is for my brosies. God forbid if I pass away, I don't want that to happen, but you have to set it up in case it does. That's why it's important. Getting coverage for people you care about and setting them up financially if you do pass away. If you don't have life insurance, Get one, go for short term as whole life insurance is not good because you get ripped off. If you want more info about it, look it up, but it's not the option you want to do. Definitely go for short term. So I have my life insurance with a company called Primerica. It's a great company who offers a really good short term insurance. Uh, the cool thing is that they increase my the amount of money, my coverage by $25,000 every year. So the older I get, the more money my broskies get. The other thing is that my short-term lasts till I'm 60, which is pretty awesome. Right now, my coverage is at $250,000, which is pretty insane. And honestly, I don't regret getting life insurance. I I got life insurance a couple years ago, and it was definitely one of the best options I ever did uh, in a really good financial move to set up not only to help, well, so just basically to help f- provide that foundation for the people that I care about. That's really what I wanted to do. And then establish a foundational component so that th- those people can get money if I do pass away. It's a good thing just in case if anything happens, if you can't go to work, etc. cetera, it's a good way to have an emergency just in case. I also like to have an account specifically for things that do pop up. And for me specifically, that is car repairs. So I have an account specifically just for car repairs and I put money into that account and that's what I kind of do so they don't tap into my emergency savings account. So the the book Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey financial expert who has helped many people get out of debt and become multimillionaires. so in the book he gives seven baby steps to grow wealth and goes through each step in detail these steps are the base i use for my plan to get out of debt and grow my wealth i won't go through each step definitely check out dave ramsey's site ramsey solutions and then also check out my blog on total money makeover at johnny's book review slash total money makeover book review but the ones that I will use right now is getting an emergency account and then paying off debt. So that's baby step one is emergency saving account and then paying off debt. So the, the thing is with uh, Dave Ramsey's book is he, he's very conservative. He mentions to stop your contributions all the way toward your 401k and any other investments. I disagree. If you do that, and if I do that, I would lose five years of compound interest, the amount of years I plan to pay off debt. And so my money, my company is also giving me free money. I don't want to miss that free money. That's just crazy. That's more money for basically my account to compound interest. Uh, so what I did was I start automatically putting aside money specifically for my 401k stocks real estate and emergencies. So stocks, I go through Cash App. I can buy fractional share stocks, which is really great. I can buy a stock for $1. And then real estate, I go through Fundrise. Uh, it's a real estate investment portfolio, which has a lot of buildings that they own, commercial, realist, or commercial warehouses, as well as multi-million apartment complexes. It's a really good portfolio. I put uh, a lot of money into specifically that. And then, of course, emergencies and building up the emergency account. So, I put 10% in every paycheck. And then the 401k, I do about, uh, yeah, done. I don't have to touch it. You know, I got the idea to automatically start investing with the following books The Financial Diet by Chelsea Fagan and her podcast. Really great book. Definitely check that out. David Bach's book, Start Late, Finish Rich and Automatic Millionaire. Finish Financial Freedom by Grant Sabasier. Financial Freedom talks a lot about real estate. The problem with this book is that it doesn't talk a lot about debt, but he does talk about real estate, which is a really good option. And I really wanted to get into real estate, but I didn't want to buy into the property. I didn't want to have to deal with tenants. And that's why I go with Fundrise. And also the thing, other thing is the Financial Feminist Podcast by Dory Dunlap who has a book coming out on December 27th, 2022. I'm so excited for this. Honestly, I think the book will be over what every episode that she has talked about so far, Uh, but it's still gonna be fire and I can't wait for that. So what percentage do I put away? And again, I was touching up on this before a little bit, but the 401k is 5%. And again, the amount of money that I put in every year, so if I put in $1,000, my company matches me 50% which is pretty good. I mean, that's a $500 they're putting into the account. That's free money and that money is going to compound. So that 500 in the next couple of years will be, well, actually in the, a couple of decades will be upwards to $2,000. It's pretty good. Real estate stocks are combined 3%. Emergencies are 10%. So it comes straight from every paycheck that I have. And this comes to a total percent of 18% of my income that's being put away specifically for those. The rest is going to debt. And then some of it is also going toward some of my splurges, specifically Funko, and then also some restaurants. Beautiful. My company pays a fifty percent contribution, like I said, which is huge. Again, like the biggest thing is like most companies will give you or provide you a contribution. Some companies actually give you a hundred percent. Will pay 100%, which is phenomenal. That's just crazy. Have invested in the 401k. And the thing is with the 401k, too, is not, it's like putting away money for the long term for 10, 20, 30 years. And especially if you're a woman, the biggest thing for women is to invest into uh, the 401k. You definitely should because it's been researched, it's been advocated. That women live longer than men. And so you're losing a lot of years of compound interest if you don't invest in a 401k. And again, the biggest thing too is like, what are you gonna do for retirement, to be honest with you, right? What are you gonna do? You need money set aside, you need money for local or, you know, bills, living expenses to have fun, maybe travel, whatever it is. And of course, with inflation, it's going to be very hard. I mean, you could work until you're 90 years old. Honestly, why would you? If you have the opportunity to stop working at around maybe 60, maybe even earlier, and just do what you want to do—travel, do like have fun, read, whatever—that starts with saving, specifically putting in in money. Th- in a stock market, which is a 401k, a Roth IRA, etc. cetera. Uh, you can also just invest specifically into stocks. It's a great opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. You should definitely do it. And so with my emergency account, I have a high yield emergency account, so uh, the, the money's working for me. If you save for emergencies, you gotta put your money in this account because a regular savings account is only gonna give you a couple cents. High yield saving account is gonna give you a couple dollars depending on how much money you have in the account. So one of the best accounts I've ever heard of, and personally I have is Chime. The biggest thing is, hey, I'm giving you $100 to sign up for Chime. So use my referral link, Chime.com slash R slash And I haven't even set up and gave you guys the benefits yet. So here's the benefits. You have a 1.5% yield on their saving account, which is a high yield saving account. That's a lot, by the way. A credit card you pay for. so you put money into the credit card and you control how much money you have on that credit card. And the thing is, you can't use that credit card unless there's money that you put into it. And you have to put money from your checking or checking account into that credit card. There's no annual fee, there's no interest fee, and there's no credit limit. So you don't have to worry about getting into credit card debt and just tanking your credit score. And that's the biggest problem with credit cards is that you have a $2,000 limit and they know... The credit card company knows that you're going to use that $2,000 limit. And so that fucks up your credit score, gets you into debt, and then it traps you into that debt for 10 to almost 20 years. Because the biggest problem is that most or majority of Americans won't be able to pay off that $2,000 payment right off the bat. So they'll have to do a minimum payment. That interest fee later on, a couple days later, will be about the same as the minimum payment. Now, if you get a late fee, that interest fee for the card increases. So you're literally fucked. Chime doesn't do that. Chime reports how much money you put into the card every month to a credit bureau, so you don't have to worry about a interest. You don't have to worry about a fee. You don't have to worry about getting your you know credit score fucked. You don't have to worry about or getting into credit card debt either four wins right there i don't know why you guys have not signed up you haven't signed up my referral link is chime.com chime.com slash r slash johnny m so you're getting a hundred dollars just to sign up by the way and the account builds your wealth and builds your credit score without a high interest annual free credit card i mean i think that's the biggest thing with this account is that their credit card is great their high yield saving account is wonderful and you can use this card anywhere, and also they have a, a free free overdraft of up to two hundred dollars for eligible members. Just kind of goes off your deposit each week. That's wonderful. So use my referral link: it's chimecom r m Sign up, have a qualifying deposit of two hundred dollars within forty-five days, and you get hundred dollars. So if you use my referral link, I'll get $100 as well. That's not the point. The point is that you are going to set up with an account that actually helps your credit score, number one, and then also builds your wealth over a period of time. It's the best account ever, bank account ever, that I've ever heard. And I've been with over 12 banks. You know, I've been with the major ones, Huntington, Capital One, Bank of America, none of them. Compares to this. This is one of the top-notch banks out there. So why haven't you signed up? I'm I'm being serious. I'm not I'm not selling you on this. I I feel I felt bad referring this to you guys, but I actually I shouldn't because this is honestly one of the best banks out there. Sign up. Here's my referral link, and then you'll get a hundred dollars as well. So you're building wealth, getting hundred dollars, and it's not fucking your credit score i mean you're getting three wins right there ladies and gentlemen i don't know why you haven't signed up yet so this step took me around 1.5 years to build but it was definitely worth it uh, definitely getting that amount of money into my emergency account so i had to get at least a thousand dollars into my emergency account first and foremost and that kind of took a long while to do the biggest thing is like for me to build that as quickly as i did I actually had to get another job. Majority of my bills and my everything was going to credit card debt and other bills, etc. It wasn't gonna happen. So I had to get another job to put that money to get as much or as quickly $1,000 into that account as I can, and so that's what I did. So if you haven't already, get emergency saving account, but put that money into a high yield saving account. Uh, number three, consolidating debt. I mean, it was crazy. You know, I was paying a high interest fee, and it would take me almost 10 to 13 years to pay off these credit cards. And that's what they do. That's the biggest thing. So, the biggest thing is like I have a Discover credit card. You know, I use the the limit that I had at $2,000. The problem is that the interest fee for me is about 24 to 25%. I got a couple late fees. So that increases the percentage a little bit higher. My minimum payment, you know, I pay my minimum payment and then my interest fee is about the same as my minimum payment. Do you see where it's going? It's just a cycle, a cycle, a cycle. If you pay the minimum payment off a credit card, you're not going to pay it off for 10 to 15 years. And that's what they want you to do because they're making money off of that interest fee. That's how banks make money interest fees and then also you overdrafting on your uh, account hey i'll say it again ladies and gentlemen chime doesn't do that again my referral code is chime.com slash r slash johnny m you get a hundred dollars just signing up and again i get a hundred dollars as well but that's not the point the point is this bank account doesn't destroy your credit score doesn't rob you it actually helps build your wealth. Surprisingly enough, not a lot of banks do that. They rip you off, specifically on credit cards. A lot of banks provide you a credit card, by the way, and then also a fee. So if you get below zero dollars, they charge you instantly a net or thirty-five dollars. Most banks will only allow you to. They only sponge one uh interest fee for per year. Let's be honest here. I I've had many times where I'm like that I got into the negatives like, and then I got instantly charged. So there was one time for Atlantic. I called them like a couple months later, like after it was charged. I forgot about it. I was like, oh, I got charged thirty five dollars. I saw it. I called them later, like a couple months later, and they said, nah, we can't give you that money back. I was like, oh, fuck me. Uh, and so now they have thirty-five dollars. You know that's how banks make money. You know I love Atlantic, but it's not better than Chime. Chime is the best option. Anyways, I'm gonna stop talking about Chime. I mean honestly, but hey, if you get anything out of this, go to Chime.com. I mean there, it's it's such a great bank. Like I, I was kind of hesitating on doing Chime because Chime is a online bank but then i realized hey all banks are online so what does it matter i mean they have high security they have the same security as any other bank but the thing is you can pull money and put money in at any cvs and walgreens thing is like i had a bank with huntington and i had a bank with atlantic once i moved from maine i couldn't use atlantic anymore and there's just some like shared branches and stuff like that with credit union and that they have a shared branch. I get that. But it's so much easier when you you can go to a place and not have to worry about that and not look it up and everything like that. Worry about like, oh, will they accept this amount? Will they be able to do this and that? No. I mean, there's a CVS and Walgreens in almost every town. You can put money in at a Walgreen and then take money out at a CVS simple as that also uh so for credit card debt this is the big thing right I had to really focus on this specifically because if I didn't uh I was gonna be it's gonna take me a long time to pay it off and this was the the foundational component of it you know this is what I had to do I took up a personal loan from my bank Atlantic Regional and they actually paid off my credit cards. And so they're sending those checks out right now. The biggest thing is like, hey, my my credit score sucks. I'll I'll be honest with you, it's not that good. It's around 640, 650 because of my credit cards. My utilization, so the credit utilization is about 30% of your credit score. And that's heavily based off, is actually majorly based off of credit cards. Actually, it's based off of only credit cards. So. If you have a credit card, is one hundred percent, and so that will actually tank your score. For example, I had a credit. My credit utilization right now is one hundred percent, so that's why I had to take this loan out, right? But the thing is, credit utilization for you to build it, you actually have to have a credit card. That's that's the biggest thing. I know, and know it sucks. I know you don't want a credit card, but again, we got a good one with Chime. Sign up with Chime, no interest fee no annual fee and it doesn't fuck up your credit score they actually report whatever you put into the credit card to the credit bureau that's pretty good that's pretty good ladies and gentlemen again my referral link is chime.com slash r slash johnny i learned this in the your score by anthony Davenport, and he actually worked with a big financial company jp morgan and he was basically saying this your credit score is heavily based off credit cards and he also said that his bank, JP Morgan, was making money off of people, specifically off credit card high interest fees and annual fees, but then also the they make money. And that's what he's saying in that book. And that's really what opened my eye. I was like, what? And so if you don't know about your credit score, I'm not going to discuss a lot about credit score right now. The biggest thing is just look at this book, Your Score by Anthony Davenor. He discusses a lot about credit realization and what uh the major thing about a credit score how to get a better credit score the problem is and he mentions this in the book is that your credit is heavily based off credit cards it sucks but it's absolutely true you can have a mortgage you can have an auto loan that's going to help you sadly it's not going to help you as much as a credit card that's the thing and he, he says this in the book is like, get a credit card, just pay the minimum off it. Basically use that credit card just for a couple bills so that you're using it every month. And so that's reported to the credit bureau. That way it builds your credit score a lot more. Again, credit utilization is 30% of your credit score. That's heavily and is all based off of credit cards. If you get that credit utilization high with potentially a couple $2,000 credit cards, use them a couple times money and how they developed their wealth over a period of time, almost 30, 40 years. Their credit score is phenomenal. I'm saying almost a perfect score. Yes, almost a perfect score. How? They have really good credit cards. They pay them off, but they also have paid off their mortgage They've also paid off their auto loans and that just skyrocketed their credit score. Now, whenever they apply for a mortgage, whenever they apply for an auto loan, it's the lowest of the lowest, which saves them money. The only way that they did that, though, was they had to get a credit card. Sadly, you have to get a credit card to really get a really good credit score, because that's going to really help get you a really good percentage on your mortgage as well as an auto loan. You're just playing a game, ladies and gentlemen, and you got to play it well. However, a lot of people don't play it well, and they fuck up with their credit cards. Hey, look at me. I fucked up with my credit cards, and I try to play the game, and the game fucking won. Uh, I did not win in this situation, but I am going to win. That was, the bank is providing checks toward those credit cards. My credit realization will actually go down, which is actually going to increase my score probably 50, 70 points. Last time I did it. When, my, when I paid off all my credit cards before, my credit utilization went up almost 70 points. Yeah, I went from like 650, to almost 720, 730. It was crazy. I was like, what? It, it happens, and it's based off of credit cards. Hey, again, you don't have to base it off me. Base it off of your score by Anthony Davenport. He talks a lot about it specifically. He also mentions in the book is you have to build your credit score first by a credit card. You know you have to establish that first before you get into anything mortgage and auto and the reason is because the interest will be higher if your credit score sucks you have to you have to work on your credit score that's the biggest thing is you got to work on your credit score if it's not around 750 or above you're losing money and that's what i'm really working on right now i had almost a 730 almost 740. it was based heavily on credit cards but again, if I apply for auto loan or mortgage now, I'm gonna get a very a very high amount of interest rate, which of course is what happened with my personal loan. My credit score sucks, so my personal loan is about 15%. Now, if my credit score was higher, my personal loan would probably be about 10%, maybe even lower. Again, credit score impacts a lot on specifically how much money you're gonna save. That's why you should really focus on building your credit score before you apply those for those bigger loans. That's, that's the biggest takeaway. So again, this is what I would do. I would get a credit card and only pay it every month with like bills that you know, you, you would pay off. The problem with that is that you can get into credit card debt. And I did that because of grad school. I didn't have, any way for me to pay my bills it was super hard having a full-time job aka school plus an internship which is a part-time job plus another part-time job getting actual money because the internship you don't get money it's free yeah there's no time and most of the time like i i got into major debt i didn't have enough money i spent it and that sums up my entire grad school time, and uh, I do regret it, but I got to learn from that, and that's what I'm learning from. But you can also apply to chime.com, slashcom slash r slash johnnym, get $100, but also you get a credit card that actually builds your credit card with no interest fee, no annual free, and no credit card. That's a win-win-win. This is the best option for you. To be honest with you, if you're a major spender, if you're worried about tapping your credit limit and fucking up your credit score, which could happen if you don't use a credit card wisely, because it's like free money, technically free money with quotation marks, you're, you're capped to about a limit until you use up all that amount. And if you use up all that amount, you can't pay it off. That amount that you've paid will be a lot more in 10 to 15 years. And you're just making the bank more money. You can go with another bank. You can try it that way. But I highly suggest it. If you're kind of worried, if you're a big spender like me, I wish I had this option before, go to chime.com. This will build your credit score. Again, with no interest, no annual fee, and no credit debt. You control what you put into the credit card. That's a fucking win-win, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why you haven't signed up yet. If you haven't, if the last and final thing, number four, is have fun. This is a very important lesson, too, because paying off debt in five years, $124,000 is not going to be fun. It's going to be fucking hard, and I'm going to be wondering what the hell did I do to get to this point. And so for me to make it enjoyable, and, you know, I think you should while you're paying off debt and also building wealth. That's a very important part is you just got to have fun. So in the book, I will teach you by to be rich by Ramit Sadi. And also in the financial feminist podcast by Tori Dunlap, they mentioned to the, buy your fucking latte or whatever satisfy you. What do you like to buy? Budget it in my bank account. And to be honest with you, I haven't gone out to, grocery shop in about three or four weeks and i posted on my instagram i spent five hundred dollars on restaurant food i i mean that's a lot yes but i I didn't even go to grocery shop in that time period so i guess like i didn't really lose to be honest with you I, i like conveniency i i love to cook i just fucking hate going grocery shopping so if you could bring the fucking groceries to me I mean they have milk kits and stuff like that which i'm trying factor right now uh, i have that coming in next week so we'll see how it goes so factor is a meal kit they actually prepare and make the food for you and they send it and ship it to your house it's pretty good i tried freshly freshly was fire i didn't like how you couldn't really get like i wanted just 10 meals uh, i usually eat 14 per week because i fast in the morning and eat usually around 12 freshly didn't really provide that option and so i decided to go with factor so we'll see how it goes uh their big focus is keto i don't really like keto but those meals are pretty good so uh, i think the biggest thing too is like if i do a couple meal like keto meals and then spice it up with some carbs i think that should be really healthy i, I don't like really like keto because you shouldn't have or restrict yourself in carbs That's just, and in those 5 years Tori Dunlop didn't restrict herself. She went to several countries. She traveled and she went to fancy restaurants. I mean, she lives in Seattle. It's pretty expensive it's in Seattle. It made her have flexibility and have fun with whatever she was doing. And I I really enjoyed that. That's that's really cool. Focus on what you love to buy and limit the amount of money you spend in other areas that you don't like to buy, and then budget according to the amount of money you make either be 30 40 50 whatever the i will teach you to be rich book talks a lot about this and how the budget specifically on what you love to spend on which is great his main focus is hey you should put your money on a latte or whatever you want and he talks about this a lot more in depth so definitely check out that book it's absolutely insane and i love it and I also love his idea of and also the financial feminist podcast talks about this and they talk about it in one of the episodes uh, where tori dunlap interviews remit Sathy and they talk about the mortgage and renting and they talk about this consumption of hey renting is the best option and they make a great point and I was wondering to myself hey that really does make sense because you put in like a lot of people in a lot of uh books that i've read they mention real estate as an option to get wealth the problem is you have to worry about a tenant and then also have to worry about maintenance Not not for a couple years for the long term torn roof plumbing etc but when you rent you don't have to worry about that you can just call someone and be like hey my my toilet doesn't work, can you fix it? They usually compensate you and usually don't cost or charge you or they'll charge you a little fee. If you own a house, you have to do it yourself or you have to charge a stupid amount of money to get it repaired, especially with like plumbing, with electricity, etc. That's just insane. And so they provide the idea like renting, you don't have to worry about those costs. And those costs could actually be eating you up could be eating up the the potential gain that you would have from that house that could be a different story oh there's pros and cons on both sides and i was thinking about it and i was like damn i i really like that idea it's a crazy idea and he mentions that he's saving up for a house but when he wants to buy a house he's not buying it for the potential gain so this is uh remit Sethi. He's, he's buying it so he can splurge the fuck out of it. He's buying a fucking multi-mansion. Multi-million dollar mansion, probably. He doesn't think the house, buying into a house, is a really good investment. And so does Tori Dunlop. She doesn't either. She almost closed into a condo in uh, a couple hours from Seattle. But it didn't make sense. Not only because she wasn't getting a lot of money off it in the long term. She wasn't ready. She was 22 years old. And then third... She was driving two hours to and from the house, so a four-hour commute from her house to Seattle. That's too long. I'm honestly thinking about it. I'm like, damn, that is too long. She wants to be in Seattle to kind of, you know, hang out with her friends, and it's a lot harder to do that when you live two hours away, roughly two hours away with traffic, especially in Seattle. That makes sense. I was like, damn, that's true. It would be more beneficial to you to your time. If you just rent in Seattle and you can just hang out with your friends whenever and live life in Seattle, instead of worrying about driving back and forth from your house or your condo that you had two hours away. The thing is too, is like, she was looking around the houses in Seattle. You got to have fun with it. You know, you should, you shouldn't restrict yourself and be like, oh, I can't spend out in restaurants. No, you can just do it sparingly. but also take your time and not spend a lot of specifically budget it according to amount of money that you make that's what i say like it's the same with diet right you can't restrict yourself too much if you want a fucking hamburger have a hamburger if you stick with a strict diet you're going to hate it and then you're going to splurge later that's just dieting i've had that issue over the last 6 7 years that's why i really don't really focus on what i eat now i mean of course i'll eat nutritious healthy foods spinach I'll have a smoothie almost every day, multivitamin, etc. But if I want a hamburger, I'll have a fucking hamburger. If I want chicken wings, I'll take a chicken wings. I want something fried, I'll, I'll I'll eat something fried, right? You should splurge a little now and focus on eating nutritious foods 70 to 80% of the time, and you'll have more fun with that. The, the thing is with diets, they don't work because you're not having fun. You're not eating what you like. You should eat sparingly on what you like. Eat nutritious foods like 70-80%, maybe a little bit more, and you should be good. And it's the same with money. You can't restrict yourself. If you want to spend money on Funko Pops or something that you love, do it, but also budget it according to what you, you know, you what what you make, but then also focus on building wealth and paying off debt 70 to maybe 90% of the time. And you'll have more fun doing it. And that's the biggest thing. And that's what I learned about in these, you know, not not only I will teach you to be rich, but also the Financial Feminist Podcast is that you can't restrict yourself. It's not going to be fun. You're going to splurge later and then you're going to feel guilty. And it's just the entire cycle. That's not good. That develops a bad relationship with money. And you should have a better relationship with money. It should be a really good relationship. It should be healthy. It should be a healthy relationship. And that's the biggest focus. I think this is one of uh, the key components that I had to focus on to make sure that I was ready. And you know, the crazy thing too was that that's what you got to focus on, right? You'll have more fun with those steps built. It is now time to pay off my debt. So let's get. So before I talk about the overview plan of what I'm going to do with my debt, and how to pay it off in five years, I wanted to tell you the story of how I got into the debt. So. I went to Denison, which is a very top low arts college in the nation. It's a really good school. I really don't have really any grants going there. It was a really good school and I'm really glad I went there. Leaving there, I was at around forty thousand dollars in debt, which is actually not that bad. Forty thousand dollars for a school that now costs around seventy thousand dollars. The time when I was there in freshman year it was about fifty-eight. And then increased by two thousand dollars every year. So by the time I left, it was about sixty six, sixty eight thousand dollars, which was absolutely insane. This is why I got into more debt because my like full ride scholarship only took out forty thousand per year, and it didn't count the fact that hey, the school is prices are increasing, which is absolutely insane. It's crazy that. The prices of school increased so much. it's absolutely insane. And one time I thought like, hey, I, I, I might not be able to pay this, but we were able to get it. And I'm, I'm really glad I was able to be able to pay for school. Yeah, I left there with about $40,000 in debt, 30000 with the government, with a student loan, and then 10000 with a private loan from Denison. And then... What I did was I went to grad school. And so I went to a grad school that was out of state, Ohio. I wasn't a full resident yet. I had to figure out a place to live, how to basically live like an adult, place to live, find your own food, pay for bills, also going to school. And that was a total different change than what occurred in undergrad. Undergrad, I had a place to eat. I had a place to live. I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. I just had to worry about my bills and paying for my bills, which were really small at that time period. And then they got higher during my senior year uh, at Denison because I had a root canal and a lot of dental work and it just blew everything. Like I I just couldn't pay all that stuff on my own. Then I went to grad school, still had that credit card debt that I got from my root canals. And then I honestly couldn't really pay for much. I couldn't you know, go out to eat. It was just a bad experience, so I used debt sometimes. And then also my car broke down a couple of times, so I had to use some of my uh, credit cards for that. And that's how I maxed out my credit cards. And then for grad school, I acquired roughly $78,000 in debt. So the biggest thing is like, with grad school, is you have to pay for everything on your own. There's no scholarships, really, uh, and also you have to find a, a place to live, which was crazy. Uh, it's like you're trying to here. I explain is it. like what I'm doing right now is like you know working and have a side gig, and then Johnny's book reviews. Have to go to classes. You have to do homework, and then also. What I studied in high school or grad school was athletic training. So, I had to do clinical experience. I had to do an internship, not paid. I had to do that for almost 10-20 hours per week. And then I also had to do or find a part-time job. And most of the time the part-time job was hovering around a full-time job. I was working uh, almost 29, 31 hours. I just just couldn't do it. And the job that I had, uh, my hours were like 7 to 4 a.m. 7 p.m. to 4 a.m. That entire year, year and a half, I worked at that job. I didn't sleep. I barely functioned. And I mean, I almost dropped out and I wish I did, but I didn't uh, and I continued with grad school. Now, my journey is to pay off that amount that I had from grad school, majority of it from grad school. And so that's kind of how I acquired that amount of money, $124,000 in debt. And so the journey to pay it off starts now, uh, but in the next couple months, I want to pay off my personal loan first, next four months, or I don't have to put a payment toward my student loans until January. So in those four months, I want to pay off my personal loan, which is $6,000. And what I'm going to do is put around 800, probably to $1,000 each month from my paycheck from my first job into that loan. But then I'm also going to put in the amount of money that I make from Domino's into that those loan as well. So I should be able to pay that off and that's not even counting my refund and also my stimulus check that I get from Maine. So hopefully I get those. And then once once I get received those, I'll put some of it towards savings and investments, but also I'll put majority of it toward debt. And so that will pay off the personal loan in around four months. And then once that happens, the The minimum payment should start, which is around $1,200. So I'll pay that, but then also dump the amount of money that I put in the personal loan, and I'll just put it toward that. Not as probably much, because I have to put a lot of focus into the, the other loan, but my plan is to pay that off in around five to six months. With that time frame, that's almost about a year, potentially nine months. And so the next four months, I want to put that money that I put toward my personal loan and then also my private loan. So both of those things in that time frame should be paid off. The amount of money I put on those two things, that amount of money will be put toward the government student loans. Then I'll still be dumping that amount of money that I make from Domino's into those loans. So roughly that'd be about twenty-two hundred per month. If I times that by twelve, that would be roughly around twenty-six thousand dollars. And if I times that by four years, it will get me to around hundred and ten thousand dollars. So in that time frame, I should be able to pay it off. My goal should be met. I should be able to pay off my loan in five years plan that I have on how to pay it off. And this method is based off of the snowball method that Dave Ramsey provides in the total money makeover, where you pay off your smallest loan first and then your second smallest loan, and then your, well, the second biggest loan, and then your biggest loan that you have. And that's really what I'm gonna do so that you can basically put the money toward that you had toward that smaller loan so that that minimum in the amount that you paid, you're putting that toward the the next biggest loan so that that gets paid off quickly. And then you're using that minimum from the personal loan and then now the private loan, you're putting that amount of money into the next loan. Well, so that's really what's gonna happen. And that amount of money is gonna compound and pay that off as quickly as possible. And it's not also counting the money that I get from refunds, specifically the federal refund and the main refund. Also, that's not counting that I get an extra paycheck two times per year. So I'll dump that extra paycheck into debt, but it's also not counting the bonus that I get. So I'll dump that also into debt. Without those things, I should be able without like the bonus, without the extra paycheck two times every year and the refunds those three things I should be able to pay off my loan. But with those three things I should be able to pay off quickly or quicker and that's my ultimate goal. So that's really what's going to happen my goal for the next 5 years. So let's get into it. I'm super excited and uh, I'm really excited to dive dim- deep into this and you know figure out the best way to kind of pay off this loan and I want to do it in 5 years. This was a long episode but it had a ton of great information specifically over 401 k's the misconception and myths about money stocks real estate credit cards getting through student loan and credit card debt and my journey and my plan to pay it off in 5 years and i give you guys a plan on really specifically on how i'm going to pay it off and you guys know the way i said it the way i mentioned it i should be able to pay it off in that time frame it's very reasonable It makes sense, and uh, I'm really excited for this journey. I'll let you guys kind of know the updates of it, and I hope to be death-free in five years. My plan is to be death-free in five years. So let's get it. I'm really excited. And again, if you guys want to have a daily update on what I'm reading, check out my Instagram and Goodreads page at Johnny's Book Reviews. And then also if you like written reviews, I'm going to provide – my podcast notes kind of in a written form on my site at johnny's so check that out check out my reviews check out my blogs etc i provide a lot of blogs specifically on there as well thank you guys uh, and then also support this channel it will provide me the opportunity to provide better reviews for you guys get better equipment for you, the, the episodes and I'm really excited for that. So support this channel. You can just support $1 per month. Again, that money is going to go towards specifically saving it for better equipment for this podcast. It's not That money that I get will be only used for that. Now, it's not going to be used for my uh, debt. And then anything else that I get and any amount of money that I make through this, Johnny's Book Reviews is not going toward debt. I'm just saving it and reinvesting it into this business. All right, uh, that'll be it for this. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you guys in the next one.